Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE podcast. And I thought it would be a good idea to um, reassemble the, the what we affectionately remember as our ver- – well, this will not affectionately. That's not the way I want to say it. I'm just rambling now. And it's too early to be rambling. So what I would say is, is that I thought it would be good with so much going on um, from an NBA, NFL perspective to run the four-quarter offense. So back with me again are Brian, Pat, and Allen. And um, guys, I just want to start by saying um, I just don't know – or not know. Let me say it this way. I don't want to hear shit from a Cowboys fan anymore about anything ever again, given the way that they came out and played on Sunday against the Niners and then almost won it at the end until clearly they have some very, very poor coaching. And the whole thing was a shit show from probably late in the third quarter on. If you did not see the game, just watch the whole fourth quarter and you'll know everything that you need to know. But with that, I'm curious what you guys thought about the Cowboys shitting down their leg. Because personally, as a Giants fan with the Eagles losing earlier in the day, it was like Christmas for me. So it'll always be fuck Dallas, but that's just how I live. So with that being said, I'm curious what, what, what you guys thought. Uh, I will. I'll go first. I, I came in and out of the game because you know, you know, hashtag dad life. But um, but from what I saw, um, it was just. I would agree that it's a comedy of errors. Um, I don't. I don't think you lost the game on the QB sneak because um, certainly all the penalties and everything else that went along with it. But it, that can't be your call. With with. With that few of seconds left in the game, that can't be your call. And if that is your call, then Dak, you got to get down like, you know, five, ten yards before to give yourself at least enough time to um, get down. I heard McCarthy uh, was it yesterday or today? I can't remember. But in like end of the year press conference, he said, "Well, you know, we figure that the play would be about thirteen seconds long, so that should give him a second to at least that should at least leave one second for him to spike the ball and have that on the clock for one final heave." I was like, "Are you? Do you hear yourself? Like that's we pay. If I was Jerry Jones, I said I'm paying you way too much fucking money for you to cut it that goddamn close." The fuck you mean we thought we could get it with one second left? You're leaving yourself no margin for error. None. You know. None. Steak ass rappers make me sick. <laughs> Pat Allen, what'd you guys think of what'd you guys think of the Cowboys collapse? I can jump in, you know. You know, again, I'm not a Giants fan, but as a Bills fan, you know, there's there's no tears shed when the Cowboys lose. Um, you know, bigger picture, the, the weekend itself was not an argument for that extra playoff team at all. Um, pr- pretty clear that was a, a, a level we didn't need to go to. Um, and boy, you know... Uh, you know, I think I mentioned to you guys, I follow a lot of West Coast writers because of the teams I like. Um, everything I read about Jimmy G is exactly true. He seems to have that locker room. He seems to be a leader. He does some good things for him, but by God, he will make some bad throws that change the game. And a lot of the fans are ready for Lance. Um, but it is hard. 
it, it's it's really difficult to understand how at this level when we see so many teams i mean i can think of four times in the last two years where somebody got the ball with like 35 seconds left and got a good look at a win you know rogers yeah. and brady can do it in their sleep i'm not saying every quarterback has to be them but you know don't you, don't hold, you, have, hold, don't you have to know i, I mean hold on Every quarterback that's making $40 million a year has to be them. Like, that's a fair expectation if I'm paying you $40 million a year that you should know that you can't spot the ball where you want to. You know, Dennis, so much of my sports viewing goes back to my days uh, in college. So I'm a student assistant for a Division III school, right, in basketball. Granted, we were pretty good. But we spent – 20, probably 20 minutes a day in practice with nothing but me sitting on the sideline with the old school scoreboard, putting up scenarios. Okay. You know, up four minute, 20 left down seven. Yes. You have to practice these scenarios. Yes. Situational. situational That was was division three basketball. Um, So that's, that's tough to, to excuse when you have an ending like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Pat, any thoughts from you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, uh, much like uh, Brian, I watched it kind of in a dad mode. I kind of had it on in the background. But I think the thing that stood out to me was just the inefficiency of the Cowboys at home. Like, what they they had at least four or five sacks they gave up. One, I thought that was a little surprising. Um and two, I think they had a shitload of penalties in that game. Did they not? I, oh, I they had I 14 penalties. Eight of them resulted in either San Francisco um, getting a first down or it took a first down away from them. Like, Yeah. So, it, yeah. so I mean, I guess my point is it's, it's this. Unfortunately, it's the Cowboys that we've known of late, right? Not the Cowboys of our youth that were this efficient monster that dominated for like 10 years of our youth. They've now had basically 20 years plus of ineptitude and it's just, it's happened to them again. And I, I mean, I don't have a a dislike for Dallas or that some of you guys have, but um, I just thought it was kind of odd to be the home team and kind of get outplayed that badly. It just was kind of surprising actually, but I mean, uh, that's my big takeaway was just their their inefficiencies and lack of discipline in a in a home playoff game was kind of surprising. And, and, and you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that their egomaniac owner spent a billion dollars on a football stadium. That's a place to that's a terrible place to to play football in. <laughs> so there's that. Well, especially when the punts hit the scoreboard. Well, everybody says it's great to look at as far as like being there, but yeah, I've I've heard whispers that it's not a terribly fun place to actually do the game in like when you're a player (laughs) so that's strange i can just tell you if i paid that much money for the building and i own the cowboys it would be fire everybody like you would not want to run into me monday morning after a game like that if that's yeah that's just me but then you'd be the giants well, Lord knows you don't want to be those fuckers because shit, those guys are <laughs> fucking trash right now. But, shot, shots fired. Yeah, yeah, shot, yeah, I'm shooting the shot. Like, yes, I am the shooter. Um, that being said, that was some of the bad, but some of the good, 
I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what else to say other than to say I am buying all the Joe Burrow stock that I can get. And I had this thought the other day that Ohio's pretty unique in the sense of Ohio doesn't have a whole lot of tradition or success when it comes to professional teams. And it's just ironic that a kid that was Cleveland adjacent went to Cleveland and ended up making them a successful franchise and a valuable one and eventually brought them a title. And now it's ironic that the same thing is happening in Cincinnati where a Cincinnati adjacent kid, even though Athens is way further from Cincinnati than Akron is to Cleveland, but a quote unquote local kid came and didn't shy away from the challenge and kind of said, yeah, no, I want this. And, and the most impressive thing about Joe Burrow to me was they had a press conference. He did press this week, like Monday or Tuesday. And he just said, I need the people of Cincinnati to understand you better get used to this because this is how it's going to be from now on. And I just thought, who the fuck puts their nuts on the table like this? And you've only played like, you know what I mean? What, 20 games in the league? And all of a sudden you're like, hey, like this is the way it's going to be. But not only is he saying it, he's backing it up and he's believable. Like there are very few things in life that live up to the hype, but it looks like Joe Burrow is one of those things. I guess. Um, I mean, but certainly, you know, that's the if you're thirsty, you know, and you get a glass of water, it's the best glass of water you ever had. Right. So that's your Steelers hate talking. That's your Steelers hate. Listen, that's that's total Steelers hate. motherfucker. (laughs) Can't you let them shine for just a minute? I mean, you've been the Steelers have dominated that division for 25 years. Let them have their moment. That's fine. That's fine. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your moment. And quite frankly, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I try to be objective in all things. He's going to be like for this, as a Steelers fan, he's going to be a problem for the next decade. Like he, and especially the way that they're accumulating talent and it seems like they're starting to figure it out. Like this isn't your Marvin Lewis, uh, you know, Sam Weish Bengals, like higher or like, you know, the end of the. This ain't Achilles Smith. Yeah, this isn't the Achilles Smith era, right? <laughs> Achilles Smith. <laughs> so, so all joking aside, they're going to be a problem. I know they're going to be a problem. Um, to your point, Alan, about Jimmy G, I think he would look good in the Steeler uniform, but they look like they're going to go with Haskins or Mason Rudolph, so we're going to be some dark days ahead. But yeah, Joe Burrow's that deal, and he's probably going to end up running it because I don't see a whole lot of confidence in Baker. So it's going to be him and Lamar Jackson duking it out for the for the uh, division yeah man i mean so burrow obviously i I don't watch a ton of college football besides ohio state and i think i've said that here uh in the past so uh but that season that he was at uh, louisiana state uh i watched several of their games because they were very entertaining and that kid made all the right plays in college he was phenomenal uh obviously they think they won the national title that year i'm pretty sure they did and um yeah the Bengals got themselves a gem uh the kid the kid knows how to how to get it done and he's a winner and like you said uh dennis uh, you know he's got a he carries himself in a certain way and and being a uh <clears throat> a cincinnati sports fan i'm a, a, a supporter of the reds you know we 
it's kind of gloomy in in that part of the state in terms of uh, professional teams. It's not been a lot of success in those parts for a while. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. I, I don't know that they can win a game in Tennessee, but we'll see. I think that'll that'll be an interesting game this weekend. I'm I'm gonna just the fact that they're competitive and it wouldn't shock anybody that if they did win is a major accomplishment. Like they haven't been good since Boomer Esiason. In fact, I saw something where it said the last time that they won a playoff game, um, the the text message hadn't been invented. It didn't come out till the following year. So you could never send a text until Saturday that said the Bengals won. It was not in, it was impossible to send that text message relative to the playoffs. Like that is baffling to me. What about is that the same thing for the Cowboys? I mean, the Cowboys haven't won. It feels that since, way. <laughs> uh, was it? God, when was that? Was it the nineties? No, no, no. The last time they won a playoff game, um, I think Dak won one. Did he? They, yeah. The, like I seem or to was remember it Romo? a game. I think Romo won. Well, one. no, no, no. I seem to remember a game where they beat the Seahawks at home in a playoff game. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I seem I to remember that. So they, you know, I, everybody remembers the Romo one in Lambo, where like he caught it but didn't catch it and, and all that. But I think that's the last one. So Dak is a one-one uh, playoff game, I should say. But but that being said, um, enough, you know, cowboy loser talk. Um, Alan, I'm going to give you the floor. How good is Buffalo? Um. Well, you know. So a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to backtrack on Burrow just a second because that was a little bit too positive. So I wanted to be a wet blanket. They came really close to losing to a Raiders team that basically did a lot of the same shit Dallas did, especially Derek Carr late. Yeah, good so, point. So, good so, point. Uh, now, for the record, I like Burrow, um, but uh, um, it makes me nervous for for moving forward next week. Okay. Longtime Bills fan, as you guys know, so obviously I am. I wake up expecting the worst. I um, I fully expect Tyreek Hill to run out of the stands and catch a pass for a touchdown with less than a second left, and the Chiefs beat the Bills, and it's somehow not a reviewable play or some crazy shit like that happens. Um, so you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, that said. <laughs> Um, first of all, just from, a, a, you know, I'm a, a Mets fan too. And, and I immediately put that Micah Hyde interception up there with that Andy Chavez, um, home run robbery from the, uh, 2006 NLCS. The game was over right then. When, I, when he made that play, the game was over. You could turn it off. It was over. Yeah. I, I mean, Dennis, you, you guys are right here with me. I mean, we can count dozens of Hall of Fame corners, DBs. I mean, he's more of a safety, so forgive me for saying corner. But, you know, we've seen lot. We've seen easily. And I'm not saying he's as good as those guys. But what I will say is that pick was as good as one that I've seen. Do You know, as far as a, a safety making a pick, running it down like a receiver in the corner of the end zone. And that was crazy. Ed Reed uh, comes to mind. Like that's yes. the guy that yeah, I think about that like these yeah. are the best like center field free safety I ever saw. Yeah. Like that's a play Ed Reed would make and maybe one or two other guys that I can't think of right now. Right. Um, but you know, 
you know, we knew day one Josh Allen had a cannon. Um, he still likes us likes to remind us very frequently, <laughs> and sometimes you still get surprised, like that first touchdown pass. I mean, I, I don't think he technically did anything correct <laughs> from a from a a technical throwing standpoint on that throw, but he just he can get the ball to spots, um, and 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 you know he runs the ball, and I think the bigger thing, you know, for that. It's he's just such a perfect fit for that city, for the weather there. You know, I'm not saying he couldn't be great there, but it would be tough to be Patrick Mahomes in Buffalo. No, I would. You I got, would agree. You especially got, with a with a dumbass brother. But that will. Well, yeah, we're not going to go there. I mean, to 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 be a playoff quarterback in Buffalo, you've got to be Jim Kelly, and 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 Josh Allen has some of that in him. Um. I mean, it's almost heresy to say that, but like I said, I've learned to expect the worst, but that game was as positive as I have felt um, about the Bills, especially when you look back the last couple of seasons and some of the, you know, they lose that game to New England this year where you, where nobody could pass the ball. You know, they lose that game to Arizona uh, the season before when, uh, what's his name? Um, Hopkins you talking about Kyler Murray with the hell, with yeah, the, yeah, with the hell yeah. Mary at the end? Yeah, yeah. Hopkins makes like one of the four greatest catches of all time. You know, so this is a team that a few really is a few really cra- crazy plays away of twenty four wins over two seasons. You know, so so, so they're good. Um, you know that they, they lost one playoff game because Deshaun Watson lost his mind, um, and then they ran into a Chiefs buzz saw. So um, I, I think they're good. It's going to be uh, I. I I think this weekend's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. I really thought I had two thoughts when I watched the Buffalo game. One, what they did to New England was personal. Like it was personal. Yes. Like that was 20 years of of getting your ass beat by Tom Brady. This was personal. All day, you know, damn the torpedoes, we are taking you behind the woodshed as the old folks would say. Like that felt deeply personal. And then secondly, I don't think it's crazy to say that if at his apex, Josh Allen might be better than Mahomes. I don't think it's crazy to think that or say that now because of his ability to run and throw. I mean, that one touchdown to Sanders in the back of the end zone was like a 45-yard frozen rope in 10-degree weather. There are only a handful of guys that have ever played football that can do that. I, I mean, you, you guys are going to know what it means for me to say this because of past conversations we've had. That was an Elway throw. Yes, that, like like Elway is the is one of the guys that comes to mind that could throw that throw the ball that way. Frozen rope, forty five yard. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Gun to my head, the best two quarterbacks I ever saw are Elway and Aaron Rodgers. Gun to my head. I don't know that Brady will be considered the best, but the two I the best two I ever saw were Rodgers and Elway. But if Allen reaches his apex, he's there at six foot five. And your point about the weather is critical. The wind can blow however it wants to blow in Buffalo. Only a handful of guys have a cannon like that to where the wind becomes almost irrelevant. And he's one of those guys. So that being said, I'll just open this up to the group. The league was really smart about making that the very last game on Sunday. I think that game's at like 630 or 7. So 
do you guys really think they can? They, I mean, they did it earlier this year, but do you really think they can go in there and win um, against Kansas City at night with that place rocket? Not to mention the idea that somebody would go into Kansas City twice in one year and beat them is really hard to kind of envision. And because it's the playoffs, you kind of give Mahomes the benefit of the doubt and whatnot. But do you really see Buffalo really pulling this off? Uh, I mean, I guess I would say if there was a quarterback in the AFC that was going to do it, it would be Josh Allen. But, you know, money on the line, are you betting against Mahomes at home? And I just, I don't know. If Tom Brady's on the other side, okay. But that's the thing. That's the thing. His only loss in leading up to the Super Bowl would be Brady. Right, if I'm not mistaken, since he's been the starter. No, that's correct. That that's that's this so, will be the yeah. So basically, if you're not Tom Brady, you're going to have to hold this L until somebody comes in there and and makes but it I, happen. Like I said, I, and, and that's I don't want to be straddle the fence, but like I, I would pick Kansas City. It, I think it would be close, but it certainly would not shock me if um, if Allen came in and, and if they came in there and did it because they've already done it. For pure nostalgia reasons, now I kind of want Buffalo and Cincinnati just for pure nostalgia reasons, because I seem to remember late 80s, early 90s, Jim Kelly, K-Gun offense against Boomer and the no huddle offense. And they're just running up and down the field in Riverfront. I seem to remember. Great game. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God! I seem to game. remember that. Maybe you can um, get uh, Andy Reid to wear a Chiefs sweater like Marty Schottenheimer used to wear. <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever you need. You know, or maybe uh, Zach Taylor can wear one that says Bengals. The I, I was just going to say the the little homework I did for tonight. You know, I I, I keep a, an eyeball on the. <clears throat> the NFL and in particular the Bills because of Allen and my actual my brother in law is a big Bills fan so I will chat with him and I think that uh, if I looked at the stats right I think the Bills had the number one defense in the NFL this year in terms of uh, yards given up or whatever whatever the measuring stick is so they've got really good defenders right and they've already beaten Kansas City once so anything's possible I think Jared Allen's a great player. Uh, I actually enjoy watching them play, uh, which is, uh, you know, that that's always a plus, right? I mean, there's some teams that are successful and you almost can't even stand watching them. Like, for some reason, I never liked the old you know, the Seahawks with Wilson. I didn't really like their team when they were they were good and, and, and winning a lot of games. But uh, they're a fun team. I, I think they got a good chance, man. So, Pat, speaking of things you might not want to see, are you guys comfortable with the idea – of seeing Rodgers and Brady again um, for the NFC title in Lambeau two years in a row. You know me, I'm a Brady guy. So yeah, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Let's bring it on. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm there for it. Um, I think, uh, I, I mean, I love it when little shit happens to, Hall of Fame players that gives them that excuse to have a chip on their shoulder again. And so that's that could be kind of fun with Rodgers being able to walk out onto the field uh, with a little bit of, hey, I kind of want to shove this up these guys' ass today. Um, so, yeah, that could be fun. 
Yeah, I guess it could be. I guess for me, I don't have any beef with Aaron Rodgers on any level at all, but I think it's a better story to me if San Francisco finds a way to win, which is not inconceivable given how physical of a football team they are. If they win and Tampa wins, and now Brady's got to beat Jimmy, and Belichick's like nowhere near any of this, and now we get to kind of settle this, is was Jimmy ever better than Brady? And we know the answer is no, but that seems to be more compelling of a matchup to me um, because no one loses in a Brady-Rodgers matchup, but the idea of Brady in an, winning an eighth Super Bowl – I mean, I I just want to see somebody else, and I, as much as I want to, as much as I want to see the Rams in the Super Bowl in their home stadium, I don't know. I don't know that I can trust their quarterback. But you know, porn star Jimmy, as Stephen A. calls him, I, I like the idea of porn star Jimmy, um, and and Brady <laughs> for the marbles. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, for, for me, it's I agree with what you say about the the, the Niners matchup with Green Bay. They played them tough earlier this year. But you, you know how you, you know sports are a funny thing, right? Where you know I think back to the to years where you'd see a team like the two thousand three Syracuse Orange, right? I didn't think they were going to win a national championship, but every game they played, I thought they were going to win. And this Forty ers team, I think they can beat the Packers, but I don't think they have any prayer of getting to the Super Bowl. So it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of want them to lose just because I'd, I'm real sure they can't win that third game in a row. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That'd be hard to see them winning the third game um, just because I just don't I just don't think they don't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I'd be. Uh, but, yeah. I'd be, I was going to say, I'd be hypocritical if I didn't, you know, as, as much criticism as I throw at LeBron for staying around too long. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'd kind of want to see, you know, one of these new guys get another, get a crack at, at, at uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, I know the old guard, the Rogers and Brady aren't quite ready to, to hang it up yet, I guess, but um, we've seen them enough. It's, I'd like to get one of these guys, these, these uh, younger stars. And although things. Pat, I would say a Rogers Mahomes Super Bowl, is appointment television because we didn't get a chance to see that because someone claimed they were immunized. So the, the oh, idea no, that, that we could get that back show. in. Super- that's a different show. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying for the record, man said he was immunized and there was no such thing. Um, but the idea that we could get that in the Super Bowl, um, I would sign me up for that. So if Green Bay wins this weekend, then I'm going to pull for them, provided the Chiefs win too. Because I do, I would like to see that because we didn't get to see that um, earlier in the year. And then the last thing I just want to mention real quick, um, and, and a lot's been said about Antonio Brown. I don't want to go too deep into that, but I did have this random thought the other day. Um, and I guess, Brian, I would look to you um, as our resident stealer. For me, and I could be on an island by myself here, so this could be a party of one, but Tyreek Hill gives me AB vibes. Am I way off base in that? No, no, uh, certainly. Um, 
I think Tyreek Hill, I mean, he might be the fastest person in the NFL. And if you combine that with good route running, you're going to be damn near unstoppable. Um, I mean, he might as well just be a blur. His name should just be Blur because half the time when he runs, it's just a blur um, on the screen. So absolutely, um, I could see it. I, I, You know, we, you and I have kind of talked about AB and certainly his mental prowess, if you will. Uh, so, Tyreek or lack thereof. Stuff. And Tyreek's got some stuff in his past too. So I'm not. I'm See, not that's what. That that's kind of where I'm going. Like these guys are kind of the same guy. <laughs> yeah, but it seems as though Tyreek can like hold it together a little bit better. I guess. Yeah, it also helps when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. So that kind of gives you a little bit more reason. To hold it together. Rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. So we know AB's not coming back, but speaking of coming back, um, <clears throat> Clay is back. Uh, Clay Thompson's back, and Clay looks good. So, this sounds like an ISO. Should we just get out the lane? Yeah, that's kind of, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, this is kind of like a, a, a one four down, if you will. Um, if you're familiar with that lingo. So with that, um, we're just going to go ahead and pass the rock to Allen and um, get off his corner. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got the four fingers up in the air, uh, call, call on the play. Um, so, man, uh, it is fun. And, 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 and let's get past – let's pretend social media didn't exist – Let's let's ignore the camps of the players and the and the Twitter bots and and let's let's ignore all of that and remember what it's like when a basketball team builds from the ground up and gets good and then they make a deal for a vet like an Igadala and it puts them over the top and you know I mean it, it, it's ironic that that Clay Thompson averaged 11 points a game as, as, as a rookie because Reggie Miller averaged 11 points a game as a rookie. And the two are so similar, even though Clay's a much better defender. Um, but it's been fascinating to see, even with all of the, I mean, there's plenty of warrior love. I've been to, I mean, I just went to Cleveland Took my family you know, a couple months ago, and there were a whole lot of Steph jerseys in the house. There's plenty of warrior love, especially amongst the youngsters. But uh, there's been a lot of hate over the years. But somehow this one guy is just regular enough for being a billionaire, um, hanging out with his dog, riding in his boat, that, I mean, he had two tough injuries and was out for over two years, but like, I mean, and again, social media has amplified everything, but this was almost iconic for the league. I mean, they sold this, this was hashtag clay day. And, and it's just, uh, it's been really fun to have him back. Um, he, I, I feel like he's already dribbled more this season than he did uh, a whole season, uh, a few ago, but, um, you know, it just really the, the time away really made me appreciate everything that he brings. Um, for a kid who's the the son of an NBA player, he's as hard nosed of a defender 
as most scorers are ever going to be. I mean, your Tony Allens are always going to be hard nosed defenders, right? And then they average eight points a game. But for a guy who wins three point contests and averages 20 a game, you know, he mixes it up and, and his teammates love him and his opponents love him and fans of all of their opponents love him. And he's just such a unique guy, you know, kind of a galvanizing player that just reminds everybody that, you know, what's really cool is when you can put the ball in the hoop and when you just kind of chill and you, it just made me think of all the stories of like, I remember Draymond one time being like, yeah, I woke up one day in Clay's apartment and I knew, uh Oh, what did I just do last night? <laughs> you know? And um, Clay's just a, he's just a unique guy. And it made me look back, you know, for again, for similar to Reggie. I mean, Reggie was the man in Indiana. Um, so it's a little different because, you know, Clay has sat alongside, you know, so, I mean, KD and, and Steph are no joke. But but Clay, I mean, Clay had a his game six against OKC changed the course of this league. It changed the yeah. course of the league. It, it yeah. changed how history was written. They and should not have won that game. It, it, no, it, they and, should not have won that game. And then and then backing off and just being a fan for a minute. If I'm ever in a shitty mood, which being in an office job can happen more often than not, nothing, no, bring, nothing will bring me happens. out of it like watching a 37-point quarter or watching a 60-point game with 11 dribbles. He's just so unique and so explosive and then and so unassuming about it. And I'm, I'm thrilled he's back. There, he, he looks good so far. Like I said, he's going to the rack more than he ever has already right out of the gate. Um, but, but like I said, more so, I'm, I'm just thrilled he's back and, 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 uh, and just watching them in pregame and the way he, he bitches about how Steph comes out and, and, and crowds his pregame times because he knows the fans get a kick out of it. And Clay's like, no, I want my time to myself. He'd leave me alone. You know, it's just, it's all been great. Um, are they going to win a title? I don't know. We all know the NBA is basically, <laughs> who survives, you know, who's healthy at the end, but, um, you know, they're, they're going to be really fun. You know, uh, Kaminga makes it interesting, but, but again, more, more importantly, it's just great having Clay Thompson back, just a great personality, great player. Um, and, and one of the five best shooters I've ever seen. So as we wrap up clay appreciation hour, um, I will just say that as a shooter, he's the one that scares me more than Curry. Like, I accept that Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, that he can hit nine, ten threes in a game. I get all that, and that's all spectacular, and that's great. And probably on some other <clears throat> episode, we'll discuss how it is my belief that Curry is slowly um, deteriorating basketball as a whole by giving kids false hope. But that being said, I will say Clay is the one that scares me. And you mentioned something, and it triggered a thought for me. You'll have to Google this, kids, but... Clay Thompson has real Derek Jeter gift basket vibes, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Go look that up, kids, and, and you'll understand what I'm saying. But I'm glad Clay's back. Um, it's good. And it, and what's interesting about it is is that, you know, basketball's better when Golden State is, you know, really clicking. Basketball is supposed to be good when the Lakers are clicking, and the Lakers are not clicking. And that is an understatement. 
this is a shitty team. And I'm going to say that again. This is a shitty team. And I'm saying this for all my friends that are Lakers fans. This is a shitty team that you root for right now. And so I'm curious with all this in the air about whose fault is it while they're playing so bad. And now there's calls that, you know, Frank Vogel had to get permission last night to bench Westbrook. That feels real 1970s Al Davis calling down from the owner's box saying, go deep on the next play. Uh, I'm curious, um, what do you guys think? Are the Lakers really as bad as as what they appear to be? Or um, is there something that we're missing? Or is this just a shitty team that's like really, really older than they should be? So I'll, I'll I'll jump in and then shut up because I just talked a lot, but there's a, a writer I, I I follow out west, uh, Tim Kawakami uh, for the Athletic. He's covered the Bay Area for decades, and one of the things that he's always said is, the last thing you saw is not what's always going to happen, and the best you saw a player play is better than they're ever going to be again. And the worst you saw them play is worse than they're ever going to be again. Um, it, it, it's a long-winded thing, but I think it's I think it's well-intentioned, and I think his point is good that you know sports is such a weird ride um, that those peaks and valleys we overreact, especially in social media. Um, that said, not a lot of great signs. I mean, things can turn on a dime. Um, I mean, we've known Westbrook has had some issues when guarded by by good teams for a while. Um, I've seen the cynical people post things about how, oh, here, here, here comes the LeBron cycle of he brings in his players, things don't go as well. All of a sudden, the the narrative is LeBron has no help. I'm not interested in arguing the the LeBron you know, media thing. Uh, they're not good defensively. Um, if AD were, were healthier and, and such, you know, they'd probably be better, but right now they, they don't look very good. They don't look, their spacing isn't good. Um, so, so we'll see, but they'll sneak into the playoffs and, and could be dangerous. If uh, Alan, you're being out. way too nice. We got to call a spade a spade. <laughs> okay. AD is is a brittle person. He has a brittle spirit. That's who that man is. He's what's the name? Um, and you guys will know it better than I would. What's the name of Sam Jackson's character in the movie where Bruce would like they're all superheroes? Mr. Glass. That's it. Yep. His ass is Mr. Glass. And, and and honestly, Westbrook is one of the three worst contracts in the league. For a guy to make 40 some million dollars a year and can't shoot is just this is he's got real Dak Prescott vibes right now. And this and and let's just call it. We got to call. If we're going to tell we're going we're gonna to speak the truth. Let's speak the truth. LeBron is a shitty GM. The idea that they got together and thought that they could make this work. LeBron, it is not 2007. You can't put Carmelo and Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook on the same team in 2022. Well, that's you an can. excellent point. That's an excellent point. I mean, I, I, I'll say to piggyback off of uh, Alan, I think there's there's this 
odd possibility that they could pull things together and get into the playoffs and go on a run. But I still think that the age factor, right, of this team and and AD is um, he's many things. I think he's a good player. I don't know that he's a top seventy five player. I think we had that conversation. No, he is and, not. For the record, think, he is I not. Think it's, I think we either had that in a text or maybe on the last time we got together here, but and I'm a Kentucky basketball fan and watched him in college and I followed his NBA career early on in, in New Orleans and, and I like the guy. I just don't, I don't know that he's one of those top 75, but uh, I guess that my, my feeling is, um, you know, that, that uh, he is, LeBron is a shitty GM. I'll give you that. And putting this group together it, it, I think there was always going to be that uh, issue if one of the better younger guys gets hurt. And, of course, I think AD's been been injured quite a bit this season. So, I mean, I'm looking at their record. They're 22 and 23. Uh, they're, they don't feel like a championship team, especially when you look at, you know, the Western Conference and you've got the Suns, Warriors, and Grizzlies who are – killing it and the jazz are great. And these are all teams that are comprised of very young superstar players. Well, maybe not golden state They're There's, they're the exception in that conversation, right there. They have young, they have good young players. Jordan pool's good. Uh, the, the Wiseman kid is great. Uh, there's a couple other guys I'm blanking on their names, but they have the right mix. Kamenga. There it is. They have the right mix of, of the, those, you know, and they have continuity. Of, yeah, once in a generational players and Thompson and Green and and uh, and and Curry together with this group is kind of makes them a dangerous element. But you know, John Morant's fantastic. Uh, you know, Booker obviously is uh, eight, and those guys in Phoenix is thirty four and nine right now. So they're fucking good. They're they're good. They're a good basketball. <laughs> they're good. Team. They're a real good they're- basketball team. And and you know, I haven't really paid honestly. I haven't really paid much attention to the Eastern Conference this year, uh, and I, I guess it's just not as interesting to me. The, the players that I like to watch are all out west, so uh, I'm looking at the standings. I'm seeing the Bulls in first uh, in Miami. Oh, right the Cavs now. are hot. And, and, Cavs and, are the and, biggest and, surprise in the league. And you're, yeah, and the Cavaliers are, are are 27 and 19, and they're playing competent basketball. So I'll have to probably give a closer eye here as we get you know, closer to the all-star break in the home stretch. But, um, you know, I guess what my point is, I haven't really watched the Bucks. I don't know if they're, if they look good. Uh, we talked about, um, Oh, uh, 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 Kyrie and, you know, he's now going to be a part-time guy. So I guess we'll see what that looks like. But, um, anyway, I'll stop talking. If, well, uh, Brian, well you actually add any thoughts? real quick, uh, Patrick, I'll, I'll give you this. I mean, the, the, the Bucks are the Bucks. I mean, they gave it to the Warriors the other night. Now, I mean, it was a little bit of a schedule loss, maybe, but 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 still, the the, the Bucks should get props for for what they did. Um, but 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 I, I gotta say, you mentioned Cleveland. I look at that top six, and the teams I most enjoy watching play um, are the the Cavs are probably the team that I have the most fun watching play of that top six. In the East. Yeah, Cavs are fun. Cavs are fun. Speaking of the East, um, the East in my mind is really wide open because 
Milwaukee's been a little up and down. They've had guys out with COVID and whatnot. Um, Atlanta fell flat on its face, which is really disappointing. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle, um, but they don't play any defense. Um, Philly is – they're just wasting in beats prime. It's just so fucking frustrating to watch because last night he puts up a 50-burger, but they refuse to trade Simmons. But, you know, it really, it's about the Nets because Durant's out for like six weeks now. Harden has clearly not met a cheeseburger he didn't fall in love with because this dude is completely overweight and out of shape. And he's still getting 23 points a night. Which just makes me think, why the hell am I paying you thirty plus million dollars a year and you can't stay in shape? Like this is frustrating. But uh, this call goes back to Kyrie because we've reached a point where now people are openly saying, "Does it make sense for the Nets to go into the playoffs without home court advantage so they can get Kyrie on the floor in a game seven on the road?" What kind of fucking world are we living in where this is not is the this is a possibility? Like, I'm sorry, but this dude, if he was my teammate, I would try to fucking fight him all the time. You can't do this to us. <laughs> you can't. And I will die on this hill. Well, in the first comments of all, he made the teammate, other day, I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not your teammate. Well, if he was your teammate, you might be only might only be able to fight him on the road because that's when he would be available. Um, then he gets so, his ass whooped at every road game. If I have to see, him. It's like, every this time is you go to Indiana, stupid. fisticuffs. You ain't smarter um, than science, motherfucker. Come on. Well, I, I will say this. I, I will circle back to the LeBron thing for just a brief moment. I do think, in some ways, and I think I've told you guys before, but I think LeBron is—I don't want to call him the NBA's like sugar high, but. You know, he comes to your team, you're going to win, you're going to win a championship, and everything is cool. So you get that initial, like, sugar high, that rush of winning a championship, we're number one, rah, rah. But I heard David Griffin talk about the the good thing about having LeBron is that you have LeBron on your squad. But the bad thing about having LeBron on your squad is that LeBron's constantly pressing you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And so because he does that and he's LeBron and he holds all the cards, if you don't do it, well, then he can split. But then when inevitably when he splits or with the Lakers, whenever he retires, he's going to you can just look back at what the Lakers are going to be, what the Cavs were, what the heat was. Um, It's just going to be nothing but salary cap misery and guys that are our age who are out here trying to play. and that's that's just what he leaves in his wake. But you know, but hey, you get your championship, so it's kind of you know that's kind of the sugar high analogy is pretty good. Like that, that is what it is. Like you get that rush of dopamine, and then all of a sudden you're chasing that high again. After just think that. about and it, you know, just think about it. They won, uh, they won in the bubble. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, um, they won a title. Yeah, yeah. So they they won a title, but in exchange for winning the title, now you have to look at. What Westbrook and um, like you know, and, and he's on your squad next year too for $45 million. Yeah, and, like, and you know what? And but here's the thing I think part of life in sports aside, I think part of life is knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at, right? And your limitations, which you your capabilities and your limitations. And kudos to your guy, Alan Mello, 
who was like, you know what? I'm a bench guy now. I'm not going to come in here. I'm not going to try to start. I'm just going to be a bench guy. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Like, um, whatever that drink is, that's what Westbrook needs to be drinking. Like, you are not this guy. And once you realize that you are not that guy, um, I, they might actually be able to do something. But I think you're stuck winning. So like, but you just said it, though. It's once you realize he's never realized that he's not that guy. He plays one way and he's only going to play one way and you're going to have to accept it. And last night it got to the point where it was like, no, we can't accept this anymore. And you said something I think is important. LeBron is very similar to Bill Belichick in this way. Bill Belichick, the GM, screws over Bill Belichick, the coach, because he picks the players. And LeBron is the same way. That LeBron's out here picking his teammates as if it's still 2009. And these guys are way washed up and over the hill now. The idea that you're playing Dwight Howard 25, 30 minutes a night or DeAndre Jordan, you got to stop, man. And well, this team has no ability to improve. Like, no one wants Taylor Horton Tucker. Well, Nobody even knows who that is. You have three you, names. You have three to, names. No one state. knows who you are. To, to that point, like Pat was talking about how great Phoenix is. Phoenix has got young legs, right? They're going to be able to do – they're going to be able to just run the Lakers out the gym. And Golden State, yes, they got Clay and they have Steph and they got Draymond. But you know what? You know, they got some young legs along the way too. Maybe not as as many as Phoenix. Yeah, but in Golden but, State, shoot or shoot, it's a, it's a little different. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. And it'll, it'll always be in the league if you can shoot. Yeah, but but the Lakers have no. They traded off all their their young cats, and so uh, so that's that was my Lakers thing. But in terms of the East, um, I don't know if we have enough time for Nick's corner uh, with Brian and Alex. <laughs> we got we'll time. Put that to the we'll, side. We'll for, we'll, we'll, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, to me, it just seems like uh, it's the Nets to lose. Um, I because to me, it's going to be the Nets and the Bucks in the end because. Um, to your point, Embiid is great and he's talented and he is all world, but he can't do it by himself. And th- how they let the Simmons thing get to this point is beyond me. That might be another conversation, but it, at the end of the day, like he just can't do it by himself. And then if you take, so if you put them to the side, it's the Nets, it's the Bucks. Maybe somebody else will arise, maybe Chicago, but I don't know how sustainable Chicago is. Anybody but the Nets, anybody but the Nets. I mean, I, in, I, in, I, any, I, anybody but them. The guy who I feel bad for is Durant because I think he's a you know one of the greatest players to ever play. But I mean, I guess I I can I can agree with that. Anybody but the Nets. I, I guess they're. I don't know. Well, between that and, and Philly wasting Embiid's prime, I mean, what he did last night. I mean, he had two twenty-point quarters in the same game. Do they I lose? Mean, they won because oh. they played. They played Orlando, so everybody wins when they play. Orlando. <laughs> um, but but they're gonna they're just gonna completely waste his prime. Like this is this is malpractice by the Sixers at this point for you to have a generational talent like this and you wasted it. Not to mention 
um, one of the things I did want to talk about is there appears to be a bit of a center renaissance because on the same night last night where Embiid drops 50, Jokic comes out and has 49, 14, and 10 as a center. And He's not a center. Listen, listen, listen. You don't get 10 assists a game out of a center unless you're Wilt Chamberlain. Like Uh, what that guy's doing, there's a bit of a center renaissance going on right now. Well, first of all, if his brother say he's a center, then he's a center. Well, that's got that right. Damn (laughs) right. (laughs) You got that right. See, you don't know struggle like Eastern European struggle is what they trying to tell you. But but Jokic is is just a tall basket or tall basketball player to me, right? Like um, you know, I, I, you know what some centers look like and certainly centers in this era aren't the, the the guys that we grew up watching but my god he's not he doesn't play like a center he plays like a just a really good basketball player that happens to be seven foot tall right no but i would that, agree with that but, 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 yeah but but he does occupy the center position for them oh um, i certainly <laughs> agree i just mean that 0.5 he's a point he's, five. he's doing so many other things and you know the assists are certainly part of you know the the players that he has around him. He has some pretty good shooters there, and I get that. Did, but I mean, did you see the the clip from the other night when they were playing Utah, and and uh, and he got matched up with Gobert, and, and and I'm I'm not ripping Gobert. I mean, Gobert is the deal. He he's he's probably underappreciated, but Gobert was like, no, I got him, I got him. You you hear him score? I got him, I got him. And Jokic goes, dude, I've got forty seven. <laughs> Honestly, Jokic might be the most unathletic yet most effective player I've ever seen. Like, he is everything, and I, you guys will appreciate this. He is everything that Bill Walton was supposed to be, but never could be because his body failed him. Like, when's like, the last Jokic? time you saw a guy, Jokic, when's the last yeah. time you saw a guy that was this unathletic? And was this effective playing basketball? Well, like, what, what, what I imagine, Dennis. For, first of all, yes, I, I, I thought the exact same thing that 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 prime Jokic and prime Walton were probably pretty similar. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to take too much from 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 Walton because um, I did. You know, I was not watching the '78 Blazers, um, but it, it it also he makes me think of this is what it would have been like. If Sabonis had gotten here eight years earlier, that's fair. Oh, prime, that's yeah. a good point. In his prime, yeah. Sabonis is yeah. That's that's the comparison right there. Yeah, and I think, and but but the the difference though is that you know they they weren't shooting threes. I mean, the, the, this guy this guy shoots really well from three, and it's a, it's a, it's amazing actually. Pat, is, probably, you you might have to pick him up full court. Like the idea you, that I have to pick up a seven footer full court, you do is, if he's yeah. hitting. I mean, he's he's incredible. He's one of my favorite players to watch. You know, play basketball right now, uh, and I I just enjoy that guy a lot. I, I I like the the Eastern European nonsense. His brothers are insane. Uh, he's not exactly not sane uh, insane himself. So I mean, it's just he's a, he's fun to watch. I no, I don't no, think no, I don't think. Oh, good. I'm sorry, no, Patrick. That that seriously, and I mean, maybe I'm just tired. You know, I, Dennis says the words "fake tough guy" more than I do, uh, and, and and I know Draymond gets on gets on 
Dennis's nerves, but I always say, well, at least he's from Saginaw. Yeah, I have a real love hate yeah, with him. But 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 it's 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 the freaking Morris guys with me are the ones that I. <laughs> so when Yoko, <laughs> wait a minute, those are Philly guys. Those are Philly guys. If we're calling, if you're going to say Saginaw, those guys are Philly. Guys. Yeah, they are Philly guys. Yeah, I'll give you that. But like when Jokic <laughs> laid him out. And, and then the next time they played, and his brother was there, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's cool." <laughs> I, like, I love right, how his <laughs> brothers bought tickets behind the bench; yeah. <laughs> like they sat behind. They wanted all the smoke. Like, yes, we're they did. here. They did. They don't get. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're this from guy, an Eastern guy, European country. Like they don't. It's shit's different over there. Very different. We have it very good compared to what these poor guys had to deal with most of their life. So good for them for being able to. So that being said, uh, that that being said, um, real quick before we pivot over to um, uh, something else, real quick, um, Brian Allen, your Knicks are really struggling. Although I will say, for the record, they are right where they were last year, but the difference is the expectation. That's the difference. They feel like they're struggling because no one expected them to do what they did last year, and now you expect a little more. And they just can't give it. Like they squeezed all the water out of that rock, and they're this is an okay basketball team, and they kind of hit their ceiling. Well, their thing is scoring. Like they've always, even going back to last year, they needed scoring in the worst way. Tibbs is going to have them straight on defense. You know that that's going to happen. But it's just for them, they just needed. They just need scoring. And this year, I think they're just a little bit. You know, obviously a little flatter than what they were last year. And like you said, that might be just with expectation. But hopefully with uh, – I well, let me betcha. I think they were probably thinking if we can bring in Kimba, we bring in Fournier, maybe that will give us a little bit of scoring. Um, but I'm really hoping once Cam Reddish is healthy, then maybe that will that'll help out. You're being too nice. Be, You're being too you nice. Just go on and say it. Just you, go you on and say keep, it. You want me to nod, or Brian? You want to keep going? Just no, no, no. I, no, I was just going to say, uh, uh, you know, because Julius is going to give you, you know, the same every night. So, um, so you know, you got that in the bank uh, for better or for worse when he's not when he's not thumbs downing the crowd. Uh, but I will defer to you, Alan. So, so, so I'll say it because I've lived it. Uh, on the, you guys, the the the, the Knickerbockers and, and the Warriors, I, I've lived it. I will never talk shit about Mark Jackson. He came to the Golden State franchise. He brought a culture of defending. They won 40-some games. They became a playoff team. They upset a higher-seeded Nuggets team. Andre Godala joins the team. They get better, but they still get beat. And the Warriors had a tough conversation and said, "Yeah." And Zach Lowe of ESPN wrote about it. They've got way too many smart players who know how to play, pass, and shoot to be taking this many shots at the end of the shot clock. And every fucking time I watch the Knicks play, and I'm not saying the Knicks have Steph, Clay. Uh, Draymond, I'm not saying that, but goddamn, they take a lot of tough shots. They take a lot of tough shots, and they take a lot of them at the end of the shot clock. And 
I actually, I don't mind Fournier. You guys know I like the international game, and he lights it up in the international game. He's streaky. He he is. He's but, streaky. But Very I, streaky, I, but he's a solid contributor most listen, nights. He is Jamie Skelton, Ohio State basketball, 1990. Oh, my God. Don't say Jamie Skelton. <laughs> when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, good Lord. But 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 I think part of yourself. I think I think part of that is the situation, and I respect the hell out of Tibbs. You guys know how I feel about you know some of the other stuff he does in terms of playing time for guys. I I I think this team with Tibbs. I think any team with Tibbs. Again, I respect the hell out of him. Any team with him has a ceiling. I love yeah. listen. I love you guys, but I am not going to let you stand on stand on this next corner and speak this blasphemy that's coming out of y'all, and y'all not talking about the elephant in the room. I don't understand why you guys are not out here with your chest out on next corner talking about you getting Zion. Oh shit! Let's oh, not do that. Mm, mm, wow. <laughs> I don't know. There, I'm not going. No, I'm not going to let y'all stand here on the corner and act like and tiptoe around Tibbs, and he doesn't have offense and Kimba's knee, and we get tough shots and fuck all that. You guys are angling for Zion. Period. The end. Once you made the trade for Reddish. You know, no, all I could I, see was the Chappelle Show meme when he was dressed up like Rick James, looking in the camera like, "Yeah, come on home." That's only thing I could think about. No, was, you know, I think. I, I think right I, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think Zion is angling to get to New York. Whether oh, yeah. New York Agreed. is wanting Zion is a different he, story. He never wanted to be in New Orleans. Nobody wants. To When's be the it. last star New York had? When's the last um, Carmelo, son of a bitch? Oh, Carmelo. <laughs> right, shit. Carmelo. And that was yeah. five fucking years ago. Well, it's like it was that, longer than that. that. Yeah, right, it's, it's probably cool. longer than that. They need Zion as much as Zion needs them. Uh, I, I, well, well, he played it, there last year and said, I love playing here. Come on. And they yeah. traded for his home. Now he's got his two teammates from college. Get out of here. It, it could I, be. I, I'm not saying it's not happening. All I'm saying is this. Coaches do certain things. Tibbs is a guy who builds your defensive resilience. He is not going to win you a title because you've got to be uh, – It's this era of the NBA is too difficult. You, there are too many counters. Um, the – the way that teams move and switch and, and I mean, you, you've got to have something different. So I think they're going to, you can't to touch team. anybody. You can't hand check. There is no hard foul anymore. That's why I don't like having conversations about, well, could this team beat this team? I need to know the rules first. If I can hand check you, if I can put Danny Fortson in the game with six fouls and give you six hard fouls the way the X-Man would give you six hard fouls or Oakley or Mahorn, if I can't touch you, this is a very different – they don't want that type of basketball anymore. So I'm with you. Like, Tibbs is a dinosaur at this point. Like, basketball's not played that way. Yes, you still have to play defense, but, you know, you can't touch players anymore. You want to see the artistry and the flow of the game and – you know, you want every game. 
Ideally, the best case scenario for the NBA is to get like a Phoenix, like Brooklyn final where every game is up and down in a fashion of the highest scoring game of all time between Detroit and Denver that night in mile high in like 83. Now, Pat, I'm dating myself. We're like everybody on the court went for 35. Like, that is what they want, but it's not played. Tibbs doesn't play that way. But I'm not going to let you guys t- get on here on Nick's Corner and not talk about how you guys aren't angling for Zion. Well, and maybe we, but, but the thing I'll add so we're 22 and 23. We're in the 11th spot right now. The Raptors are 21 and 21. The Celtics are 20, 20, 23 and 23. Um, the Wizards are 23 and 22 in the eighth spot. So we're talking about a matter of two days to get in there. And and then the Hornets are in the seventh spot at 25 and 20. So this is a team that could sneak in. And for all the shit that, that I just talked about, Tibbs, because I do think and, well, really know, offensively he is limited. If Barry. you're rolling the ball out to Barrett, quickly, Toppin, Reddish, and then you know, a couple of those rim runners. Mitchell Robinson's not bad. Mitchell Rob- for, for mean, what he does, for what he does, he's not for bad. what? He, I, yeah. I mean, do, do, do he's a poor man's DeAndre Jordan. I mean, that's do, all I do, need. That's all I do, need. Yeah, that's that's all you need. I mean, how confident? are the Bulls against that team when you're relying on a DeRozan who doesn't shoot threes? I mean, I guess Levine shoots threes, but I, 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 I'm not saying they can't make noise, but I, I think they've got to angle for the future. And, and, and I don't know that Tibbs is the guy. Oh, they'll dump Tibbs as soon as they can get Zion. He's out of there. They'll dump him right, as well, soon as they uh, can get Zion. I think we've been saying that – that Tibbs is a is a you know he's not going to be there forever, right? This was a guy to 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 get the, the the interest back, right? To demonstrate that the front office was you know competent in, in drafting players, and 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 they have been. They've done really well the last couple of years, so it's a it's a good move for them. But you know, yeah, this is a this is still a work in progress. I don't think. I think some of the Knicks fans probably came into the season thinking, "Well, Christ, we're, you know, we got we got a good team here. We can we can get moving, but they're not there yet, you know. And in fact, the Cavaliers got better than them. Yeah, Tibbs is Tony Dungy in Tampa Bay. That's what that's what you guys are saying, and I don't disagree with that. But it does make me think a little bit, sort of switching gears. So, based on what you guys have seen so far, who's your MVP? Oh. Best player in the league. Best player in the league right now. Who's, who, honestly, who's your MVP? Honestly, I, it's either got to be either Steph or it's probably LeBron. Because even, as much as shit as we talk about the Lakers, they're a 500 team. If LeBron's on that team, that that is. What he's doing at 37 is unheard of. That's he's what I'm playing saying. the like, five. He's playing the like, five. If you're true, if the true essence of the most valuable player on some level is what would you be if you took that person off that team? And that's why the answer to the question is John Morant. 
Mm. That's I the MVP. About him. Yeah. Mm. That, there ain't nobody playing at a higher I, level than him. Consistently. I think he's, ain't nobody I'm playing a huge, at a higher level. I'm him. a huge John Morant fan, obviously. Love the new guys, as I mentioned earlier, these these younger teams, but you know, traditionally that, that award doesn't usually go to guys like that. You know, yeah, I know. I, I, I like what you said, and I think he's certainly a candidate, but you know, as much as I hate to say it, yeah, I mean, LeBron is probably the most valuable player to his team under the circumstances. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, Trey Young. No, they're they're under five hundred. Yeah, I guess so. But so is uh, so is L.A. Trey DeBarge. Yeah, but but LeBron makes them five hundred with with Trey Young. They're still <laughs> under five hundred. Yeah, but it is criminal what the Lakers are doing, asking a 37-year-old man to do all of that for them. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't <laughs> That's disagree. criminal. I, I don't disagree, but to your point, Alan, like, you know, or Dennis, I can't remember who said it, but for, for him to be, and I'm using air quotes, old, for LeBron to be that old and still dropping, having 30-point nights, like, that's... that's Hold on. So, so, Tubbs, by that logic... This is the same argument that they had for Barry Bonds. There's no way this man at this age is doing this. He's got to be on something. I'm not saying LeBron's on well, anything because there's no evidence that he is, but well, that's the argument until, that, until that you, you got from, from <laughs> Bonds has got to be on something. There's no way. Until you prove it. Until you prove it, he's not, right? You know. Mm, yeah, I guess so. But I would defer to my baseball experts. Uh, on the Bonds piece, but yeah, side I'm, is he gonna get I'm in the is minority. Bonds in? is the best player of all time. I'm in the minority. That's my is guy. Is he getting in? I hope he's getting I, in. I, I'm I'm there with you, Dennis. On on uh, the the thing with baseball, as we've we've said before, it's in, incredibly difficult to pinpoint a best player. But I think I, Alan, and I might have landed on Hank Aaron overall, just because of yeah, probably so. Because Hank's got the numbers, but certain, best I saw. Bonds oh, and Griffey. Oh, the best we saw, Bonds and Griffey for sure. Bonds and Griffey, best I, I saw. Uh, yeah, offensive players. Yeah, not pitchers, but sure. Yeah, he's. I, I guess uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, Bonds probably up there as far as the best you ever saw play baseball. You know where you were going. You were about to say that LeBron's on something. That's okay. He was juicing. That's all right. I'm not this is the a safe space. You can say I'm that. Not this, I'm not the conspiracy guy here. That's all Alphonse Dog. He's Mister. <laughs> Everyone's juicing who's uh, doing things at ages they shouldn't be. All I'm saying he's pro- is you've never seen. Right. A, all I'm saying is you've never seen a guy at 37 years old in in the, in the NBA do what LeBron's doing. It's unheard of. No, because yeah. even, even even Kareem was starting to dip towards the end, but he was still an effective player, but he wasn't that effective. Right? Jordan wasn't the player that he was when he came back at 38 to play for the Wizards. Like, Ooh. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is unheard of, and it's criminal what the Lakers are asking LeBron to do. But this goes back to my point. LeBron is a terrible GM. And we're not talking about that enough. Stop picking players, LeBron. It's not your job. Yeah, agreed. And the thing I'll add to the MVP debate debate real quick is, first of all, as you guys know, the MVP awards are complete fucking horse shit. I mean, there have been so many terrible select. I mean, more so in in baseball than in basketball. But, I mean, it's just – 
it's it's embarrassing the 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 uh the awards that have been given out over the years and and you see that it's about sports writers and their relationships blah 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 but um i i i love adopting the old hockey plus minus uh stat in the nba and i'm not saying it's the it's it's not the end all be all but it, it, it's fun to kind of look at and see when and you start to look at your your MVP candidates and realize that uh, and I don't have it in front of me so shame on me but uh, when Steph's on the floor they've uh, outscored their opponents by something like three hundred points this year um, and, and it's nobody else is even remotely close to that number. So, so it's, it's always fun for me just to look at that plus minus number and see, um, Hey, Hey, you want to try to remember? Uh, I, I mean, there's always uh, variables there. Who's on the court. Who's not that you can't account for, but that plus minus number is always fun. And Steph has been a uh, league leader in that pretty much every year for the past six yeah, I mean, he's an efficient player. Like, I think if there's anything I appreciate about his game, there's no wasted moment or wasted well, and, movement, and, 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 I should say. And it's not even the 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 efficiency because, and forgive me, I'm getting on my soapbox, but you know, John Hollinger, who somehow finagled his way into a GM job with the Grizzlies and gave Chandler Parsons ninety ninety four million dollars, who just retired the other day, by the way, I saw. Yeah, Hollinger came up with the player efficiency rating which is a very flawed rating because it was based on the fact that Michael Jordan was the greatest player. And then he built it, built everything around that assumption. Um, so it, it had players, it had James Harden being a better player than Kareem and stuff like that. But the, uh, but the, uh, the plus minus is just a, when you're on the court, how much do you, outscore or not outscore your opponent by um and uh and steph is always uh league leader in that and has been for for a while so it has to account for something i suppose now granted he's a lot of what golden state does so that so that means something as well it's not the whole story but it's always i will say i'm coming around to this to the idea i haven't kind of i haven't flushed the idea out completely but I'm coming around to the notion that it really is an open debate as to who is the greatest player of all time, and it's not necessarily Michael Jordan. And I, I'm coming around to this idea, but I haven't necessarily settled on, on it. But I know that's going to upset a lot of people that I know, but quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Um, because it's probably good that you got your blood pressure up. Yeah, I'm just I'm coming around to that idea, but I'm, we're not going to tackle that today. One of the things Why I do want to talk about. We, we know the greatest <laughs> NBA player of all time. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's very simple. Well, there you go. There. <laughs> well, thank you for simplifying it. Um, I think he's I think he's one of those guys that gets lost in the shuffle, and he's kind of lost to time and space. Like you have to have perspective to really appreciate, you know, who Kareem is. I think about something I saw one time. I'm going to digress for a second. I saw an episode of uh, Bill Marshall on HBO, and he had Nas on as a guest. And Nas was promoting the, the album at the time that he had out. And 
Bill Maher asked him, like, what's it like to like after all of this time and all of your success still to be considered like one of the top five rappers of all time or something like that? And I thought Nas's response was perfect. He said, I'm just happy to be on anybody's list. But I think about kids that grew up today that are growing up today. They didn't grow up with Jordan like they don't have any sense of who Jordan was in the moment. They don't know. Like for these kids growing up, like their guy is LeBron. So can you imagine you are 19, 20, 21 years old through some sort of way you make it to the Lakers and now LeBron's looking at you to hit crunch time shots in the fourth quarter because he's a shitty GM. That's why you're on the team. And this is the guy you had posters on the wall. And now this is your idol telling you, I need you to knock this shot down in the fourth quarter. Like these are the guys that they look to. And so there's going to be an entire generation of kids that this is their guy. and You're not going to be able to tell them any different. But when I take a step back and look at it, because, you know, this group has a real sense of context and history and all of those things. LeBron's got 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 9,000 assists. There's a reasonable argument that he's the best player that ever lived. But I don't think about it in those terms. But the f- I think I'm open to the idea that Jordan isn't the greatest player of all time. And I'm I'm reaching a point where I'm almost ready to debate it to try to settle it. But I'm not there yet, if that makes sense. Well, I will tell you this. Like, you know, for my kids, like, LeBron is the greatest basketball player that they've ever seen. Now, they have their individual favorites in terms of who they like, but overall, it's it's LeBron. That's why The Last Dance was so great, because for them, they're looking at it and they're like, okay, well, I hear a lot about this Michael Jordan, but, like, what what is it? Like, what was it about him that makes him the greatest? Um, so, <laughs> Alan, this make you, might feel the same way. But they're watching it, and my oldest was like, Who's Reggie Miller? Like, never heard of him. We failed them. Oh my I God, know. we failed I, them. I, 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 <laughs> we listen, failed the failure, them, Tubbs. How do they not know? How do they not the know? The failure is mine. The failure is mine. Um, because also, I took them to a baseball game and they and they um, and they are having trouble reading the score. We're like, well, what is this? What what are these? Hit, uh, you're shitting yeah, me. yeah. So so it's my fault. I, I no, no, no. Hold fault. on, hold on. I'm not going to let you. Fault. I'm not going to let you own that one because I don't ever recall going to a baseball game with Dad and Dad explained to us what a box score was. We figured that out on our own. I'm not going to let you yeah. own that one. My dad didn't tell me that shit either. But, yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, I can't, I can't let you own that one. No, 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 no. That's one of those things you just kind of learn on your own. Like, nah. Mm-mm. Well, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, but but for them, you know, LeBron is the greatest. Uh, my oldest, his favorite, his two favorite players in, in order is James Harden and then Russell Westbrook. So we've had some conversations uh, about that. Um, Nonetheless, and my and my and my my other son, his favorite is Anthony Davis. So, uh, and he's he is a devout Lakers fan. Like that's his squad. Like that's who he loves. And it hurts him when they lose. And I told him, "You're going to be hurt a lot this year. So you just need to get used to it. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. You're just going to have. But but I told him. But that's fandom. You pick your team and you live and die with your team. So you know that's what it is. So you that's who you run with. So." 
That's why you're better off not having a team. You just watch it, observe it, and don't. That have is the truth. Pain. That's like the wisest or, or, advice you could give. Or, 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 or like I've mentioned, you know, lock in on a couple of franchises if it if it feels like there's a vibe. I mean, I got lucky. I mean, some of it's because I'm a basketball guy, and obviously. Who the basketball guys root for in the NBA? The fucking Knicks. So there's that. But but you know Don Nelson was going on at the same time. So it's like, oh, okay, okay, you know. But like, it, it it's it's just tough to help the kids to think about do more than just geography. Watch the sport and enjoy it. And see what you like about it and see what teams do what you like. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm being unrealistic for 11-year-olds to be able to do that. But I remember being a kid and doing stuff like that, you know, and being like, oh, wow, this the Syracuse team, they, they, they do a lot of fun things. What's going on here? Um but that, that, that's the other thing I would add to that. It's yeah, also so, why my kids. Uh, well, that's also why my kids stay away from Arizona teams because they just having lived out there and they watch them up close. They're like these guys are awful. So they. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so uh, my ten year old his favorite team is the Seahawks because that's a rival of the uh, Cardinals because they just constantly collect the Cardinals, and then my oldest likes the Ravens, which is interesting for me because obviously I'm a Steelers fan. So. Um, so we kind of have a little, you know, you go at it a little bit. But like I said, that's the fun part of being a fan. Like you pick your fandom. You, I was like, I'm never going to pick your teams. You guys pick your teams, you know, and you, you live and die with your team. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I was in the airport um, headed out of town for Thanksgiving. And I'm sitting at the bar before I catch the, the flight. And I'm telling the people this is the week before um, Ohio State loses to Michigan. I'm like, do you understand there's an entire generation of kids that have grown up and they don't know what it's like to lose to Michigan? Like, they have no idea what it's like at all. Meanwhile, I'm scarred from 2-14-1. Like, I'm still scarred from John Cooper. So, let's see the here and there. So, let's, let's, let's wrap on this. Um, because it's halfway through the season. We kind of know who's good and who isn't. Um Real quick, we'll just go around the horn, and uh, Pat, I'll start with you. Who who do you think makes the finals, and who do you think wins? The NBA finals? Yeah, NBA finals. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Golden State, and uh, I'll put the Bucks in there again. And, that's solid. And that's hope, solid. And that's I'm, solid hopeful that, I'm hopeful that Golden State wins. I really, Fair I enough. really have, I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching that franchise um, over the years. They've, they've been incredible, and it's just the way that I like basketball to be played. But I also wanted to mention uh, before we move on, uh, I hadn't really been paying attention to the Eastern Conference as I said. Demar Derozan's having a hell of a year at thirty-two years of age, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be an all. He's, he's going to start the All Star game. I mean, he's averaged twenty five a game at thirty two. I mean, and the Lakers could have the Lakers could have had him, and they traded for Westbrook. Just remember that. Mm, there's that's to your point to LeBron's terrible GM. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, who do you want to go ahead, yeah, Brian? But just a side, side note, it was like, I was wondering how all those pieces that Chicago brought together were going to melt, <laughs> like how they were going to mesh, because that's a lot that they brought in. But it's it's nice to see them. You know, bring it hey, Bill, Billy Donovan's not a terrible coach. You know, he's that's not big from you. That's big from you. <laughs> Yeah, it is that's, big that's for me. That's growth. That's progress right there. He's not that's a terrible that's coach. Progress. You should tell your really therapist. I wish I had one right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think he's going to get this team to a final. But I mean, he's a competent NBA coach. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. All right, Alan. Who who's making the finals? Who wins? I'll tell you. I've I've, I've got the headliner guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably assuming more health than I should, but, uh, talk about the soap opera drama when the Warriors and the Nets play in the finals and Steph finally gets his finals MVP. So people stop giving them shit about not getting a bullshit award. That doesn't mean anything anyways. (laughs) (laughs) You're putting a lot of faith in Kyrie. You're putting a lot of faith in a, in, in in Kyrie. Well, do we? Here's a here's a segue. Do we think he's gonna in a week or two just say, you know what? The closer it gets to the All Star game, do you think he's gonna gonna get his fucking shot and then play the rest of the season? He's saying no. He's saying I am committed to this. I am rooted in my conviction, and I'm not okay. doing it. And I'm uh, gonna I, say, I, when kick rocks. <laughs> You're out of here. I'm putting more faith in KD than I am in Kyrie. Yeah, KD's a fucking legend, man. He's one of a kind. All things being equal, I would agree with you guys, but basketball's funny because the one thing about basketball that has been true since the beginning of time is I'll put my money on the team with the best chemistry. That's why I think your Golden State pick makes sense because they got continuity, they got chemistry. And Nets team is no chemistry, not with a part-time player, but and, and not with a fat a fat fuck uh, like James <laughs> Harden and uh, his right. uh, strip club addiction, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's you can't underestimate the power of the power of a, of a solid lap dance. So, Tubbs, who you, who you got in the finals? Who do you think wins? I want to be contrarian a little bit. Um, I want to put the Bucks in the finals, but I don't know if they have the magic that they have from last year. And um, so, you know what? I'll go. Um, you know, I'll be different. I'll say the Bucks in the East. Somehow they pull it off. And um, you know what? I'm going to say Phoenix. And so we have a rematch of last year. I, I, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. It's exactly I can change it to the Nets if say. you want. No, but, no. But here's no. the difference. But here's the difference. This year I have Phoenix winning it. I think that in that scenario, because I thought about it, I think that Phoenix learns what the Dirk – Mavericks learned from the Dwayne Wade free throw line bullshit. And and I think Phoenix wins this one if they face Milwaukee again. Because Phoenix has got, you know, you got Aiton coming into his prime. You got Booker coming into his prime. You got, you locked up Bridges. Um, You know, you got Paul. You know, he's not going to be able to give you, 
you know, much because he's an older player now. But, I mean, he's the general of it. And they're just a fun watch. They get up and down the court. Um, I think this is uh, – if, they if they're going to do it, it's got to be this year. That was going to be my pick was Phoenix and Milwaukee. And I'll just say this. I think Phoenix wins it unless Giannis goes to that level. Because if – like this is not a debate anymore. Giannis is fundamentally and unequivocally a better player than Anthony Davis. It's not up for discussion at all. If Giannis plays – to his full apex potential, Milwaukee wins. If he plays any level less than his apex, Phoenix wins. I, To me, because I just don't think you can trust Brooklyn and it's malpractice what they're doing in Philly, wasting a beats prime. And so when I think about it through that lens, Chicago's not there and they don't have an answer for Giannis. No one does. I think he... That's what I think. But I do think it's tougher to come out of the West because Golden State is back. And Durant, Durant missed a shot. That should, you know, let's not forget well, that's that. Because he's, that's because he wears shoes a size bigger than his foot. Right. Did you know that's that? That's on him. Yeah, that's well, on no, him. I, ju- I just meant that that series in the Eastern, I don't remember if it was the Eastern final or the semi, but that was a very, very difficult series. And I... I, I Again, I, I I think that Milwaukee was a blip last year, even though I picked them to go to the finals again. I just I don't think they're going to beat whoever comes out of the West. So I, guess I think I'm that institution, you guys, yeah, that institutional <laughs> knowledge you gain by getting baptized by fire like that. I I I like Milwaukee. That they went through it. They brought their whole team back. I just think to beat Phoenix. I think they would beat Golden State because I just don't think that they – there's no answer for Giannis. If Giannis plays like apex predator level Giannis, that's it. They're they're going to win because there's just no answer for him. Plus, he can't be embarrassed when he goes to the free throw line. That guy's up there like, I'll take 12 seconds. I don't give a shit. And so what if I go one for two on every trip? I'm still going to shoot these bitches anyway. See, that's a whole nother level of confidence that I just don't think that, you know, American kids grow up with because American kids, by and large, don't struggle the way that, you know, some of these European guys struggle with. Or, you know what I mean? Like, he's just built different. So, so now what we're going to do as we wrap this up, we'll have to revisit this um, in the spring once the playoffs start and see how close we are. Um to whether or not we got any of this right. So I tip of the cap to you guys. I hope that your predictions um, come true, but I will tell you now in a very transparent fashion, I'm openly rooting against any of you that are rooting for Brooklyn because I am not team Kyrie, but that is very clear. Well, I, real quick, should we do Super Bowl picks since it's NFL? And we sure. Can, we can, yeah, we can, we can get that off the, off the uh, schedule there real quick. Sure. I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'll, Green Bay and Kansas City to me. like that. They're the two best quarterbacks. Um, Green Bay, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, I suppose I, I should probably go then since I, I, I came up with this. I'm going to go uh, – I'm probably going to go Tampa just because I think uh, – I don't know. Brady's got something going on. It's probably cheating. 
Bright Island. That's probably it. He's uh, juicing. He's juicing. He's 45 he's, years he's, old. He's Come on, 45. man. He's 45. He, he's on uh, that shit. I, I'm going to go Tampa, and uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the Bills. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go Tampa Buffalo. Oh, that would be fun. No, that would be good. I, I think the Bills' defense is good enough to get them through that side of the bracket. That's just my feeling. I think if they could beat Kansas City, they'll beat whoever comes out of the Bengals. And they played a hell of a game earlier in the year. A Tampa beat them once, but once Buffalo woke up, like that fourth quarter was really good. I, I wouldn't mind yeah, watching that again. They're playing better now than they were earlier in the year. They're they're. A, as good a Bills team as we've seen since our youth, you know, when I when, when you get right down to it. Yep. Brian? Okay, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. Um, man, I was going to be different and pick Cincinnati, but I don't – I can see them winning this weekend, beating Tennessee, but I don't see them going into Arrowhead and beating them with the money on the line. Um, so I will go – uh, I'll go Green Bay, Kansas City. I, of course, am going to stick with my my lifelong determination that God hates me and say <laughs> that it's going to be the Music City Miracles versus <laughs> the Tom Brady's. And at that point, it's a fucking toss-up. I mean, who hates me the most? It could go either way. <laughs> Probably the Miracles, because they shouldn't even have existed, because they're the Houston goddamn Oilers. So, there. That's my take. So, you're, you're putting the Titans in again against Brady? And it's, I mean, they didn't, didn't they play in the Super Bowl, like, 100 years ago? Uh, the Titans and... and- Against the Patriots or no? That was a playoff game. What am I? No, the Titans about? played the Rams. That's yeah, that was right. Yeah, that was Mike Jones at the at the. That's who? who I'm thinking of. Yeah, who Mike Jones? Yeah, he made the tackle at the at the end. That's, That's Eddie it. George, Steve McNair. Yeah, 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 yeah. But wasn't that the year they? Did the Music City Miracle like, and they propelled him into? <laughs> yeah, the, like that's like the. I think that's the same season. That's where I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, Although, yeah. Alan, I will say, if it is that, I'm going to root. I would root for Tennessee. Like I'm, I've had enough of Brady. Like, nah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never root for Tennessee because they shouldn't fucking exist. But, but we should probably stop recording at this point. <laughs> well, no, well, yeah. You know, it's funny because the other day, or no, it was another day. It was on Twitter. They were showing highlights of it was a playoff game between Kansas City and Houston in the Astrodome and it's Warren Moon and Joe Montana. And I'm looking at these Oilers jerseys and I'm like, why did we ever get rid of these? These are some of the most beautiful jerseys of all time. And we got rid of these. And I don't remember yep. why, but well, uh, there were a few dollars to be made and, uh, you know, some, uh, some, some shifts to be made uh, in, in Excel sheets. So, it made yeah, sense. You know, creative accounting. So with that, that's probably a good place to end it. So we'll revisit these picks later down the line because I'm sure we're all going to be wrong to some degree and there'll be something that was very obvious that we didn't consider. So with that, I thank you boys for jumping on and uh, running this, what we like to call the four-corner offense um, once again. And so... 
Um, we'll we'll do this again real soon. Um, you know, March Madness, our favorite time yeah. of year is coming Let's up Let's do soon, it before so. March Madness. Let's do so, it before yeah, we'll March do, Madness. Maybe we can do one right before the tournament starts and um, um, give people some insights into how we used to do things. I think that would be good. I've, I've watched three Kentucky basketball games this year, and they're actually not bad. They're pretty pretty fun to watch. They're, they're I've watched, good. like, nothing. Like, a little bit of Ohio State, but I've watched, like – I have no idea who's good and who isn't other than Baylor and Gonzaga. Like I, I, that, and that's only cause they're in the top five. Like Duke's got a couple NBA players. Like, I know nothing. I don't even know who Ohio state basketball coach's name is. I don't even know who that, that you guy's shouldn't, name. you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, basically he's Thad Mata 2.0. Like you're not okay. missing anything with that guy. Like you're, you're really like Ohio state's like any, they're just going to win 20 games and make the tournament every year. But after that, don't expect much out of them. So, like I said, but I don't know. Is Villanova good? Like, you know, you see, like, I have no idea who's good anymore. Um, I'm just happy to have the days off and hopefully we can all get together and get somewhere and um, watch the games like we used to. I'm off those days, so we'll figure that out. <laughs> well, I haven't scheduled them yet, but they will be scheduled soon. So, all right. All right, guys. Thanks for jumping on, man. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again here soon.